It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, answer. Yes! Caught! Touchdown! We did it! What's going on, everybody? Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Happy Monday to you, getting the new week started and doing so by recapping the weekend that was at least for a lot of the things that happened in sports around here. The start of Region 11 football. Utah State Aggies hold their second scrimmage, first in front of the fans and the public on their family fun day. Get our reactions to that. And several former Aggies getting their first preseason games in in the NFL. Uh, the latest poll is out the ap preseason poll is out for the, the first time it's the first poll Their first I, I, I almost texted you because i saw like somebody tweeted in the morning it's like ap polls coming out at 12 eastern and i almost texted you saying because we talked about like when the first ap because we didn't know when it was coming out and i almost texted you it's coming out today <laughs> <laughs> but i figured you'd probably already seen that <laughs> so it did come out today there are a few differences between the coaches poll which came out uh was that last week yeah this thing was last monday a week ago so a lot of different things to get through. I'll uh, always invite you to participate. Uh, something that stood out to you uh, that uh, you'd like to get our opinions on or ask a question of, feel free to hit us up on our uh, Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321. Uh, mostly, probably my biggest question that I'm going to throw out to you is what did you see in the scrimmage on Saturday, if you had a chance to go, and, uh, and I got to say, I'm a little surprised there weren't more people there. I get it. There was kind of a rainy day to get started, but by the time the scrimmage got going, it cleared off, and it was a beautiful day for some football. It wasn't that hot. Well, I, I think it was, it was the fact that— It eventually became sunny. It was yeah. nice. Well, I think it was the fact that it was raining up until starting— and so if you're sitting at home thinking, oh, it stopped raining. Oh, well, it's already started, so I guess I won't go. That's probably that's, – at least that's how I'd think of it. Of course, I had to be there. And, of course, I got to sit up in the press box. They, yeah, we were out the, of it. The media relations and, and journalists kind of ran up to the press box. We, we hid away up there. We were afraid of getting all of our papers and laptops wet. So we're cowards. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, yeah, we had devices. We were trying to Yeah, that's Yeah, that's the main thing. I can, I can stand uh, – the weather, I've braved the weather, the freezing weather. I went up to a west uh, west side, right? That's, that's west side, the one in Idaho. Yep, yep. Yeah, I went up there and about froze my fingers and toes off in September. <laughs> it gets cold up there. Uh, and I, a couple of years ago, it was sleeting at a Skyview game, had to weather that. So it's nice to be able, it's nice sometimes when you go to Utah State games, but all right, got to stay, <laughs> got to stay inside. Everybody else has to suffer through it. So for those of you who uh, who did end up going, I'm sure the Utah State athletic program appreciates having you there. Um, and So what did you see? What did you observe in your first real look? Because Jason and I, we've had the opportunity to see this team a few times now. But that was your first real look 
as a fan to see this team. So what did you see? What questions do you have um, when uh, you know considering what this upcoming season may look like for 2022? Also, don't forget, a little bit later on in this hour, we will reveal number five in our top 25 Aggies. He made some plays Saturday. Uh, we'll talk about his influence and kind of his, his impact. But uh, that's all coming up on the show. But 435-339-0321. couple texts coming through. Uh, 4781. What's your Super Bowl winner prediction? I've not put any thought into that, so I'm oh. not going to say yet. Uh, Ask me again in like a month. Yeah, for me, it's still too early to think Super Bowl for the NFL because uh, there's guys on key teams that are now out that we weren't expecting. Uh, there's some other new players in new places. Um, there's a few too many moving parts in the NFL for me to really give too much thought to that just yet. Maybe in a few more weeks with a few more preseason games. Yeah, and I, I think there's just – it's tricky to predict. In in the NFC, you can pick like three teams that we're pretty confident are probably going to be the teams that represent the NFC, the Rams, Packers, and Bucks. It's hard to see any other team – surpassing those three. I feel like it's going to be one of those three. So, you know, you get about a one in three chance maybe to pick the NFC representative. Uh, then you have the AFC, and my goodness, there's just the entire AFC West, the Bills, um, and oh, there's probably somebody else. I mean, people are high on Cincinnati now. Although, to be honest, my hot take is that I feel like Cincinnati's not a – there's there's a not insignificant chance that Cincinnati just misses the playoffs. Like Super Bowl hangover is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, of course they could you know go right back. It's a it's a possibility, but that that's my hot take. It's Cincinnati. I wouldn't pick them to miss the playoffs, but I wouldn't pick them to be anywhere close to what they were last year. I think they caught a lot of people by surprise. Yeah, they could do that again, but just as easily just meet the expectations a lot of people have of them that they're still young they'll be fun they may catch some teams by surprise but will they be in the Super Bowl again I, I, I don't see that as very likely yeah I don't even I have to you, count out Joe yeah. Burrow because he surpassed a lot of things but yeah and that, that certainly helps but even if I'm counting out Cincinnati you're still looking at four-ish teams that are neck and neck so it's just really hard to predict and I'm terrible at predicting people to appear in the Super Bowl. I'm not very good at season predictions. I, I, I think trying to predict who comes out of the AFC is really tough because there's a number of teams who could vie to be there. Uh, I think it's a, a little more limited number in the NFC. Um, but um, it's still hard, hard for me to predict at this point. Because um, yeah. what's going on with San Francisco at their quarterback position? Um, will Devontae Adams leaving Green Bay greatly affect how they run things, or is Romeo Dubs going to make them forget about Devontae Adams pretty quickly? Yeah, who knows? There's, Green Bay could end up falling off, and so it may end up being a two-horse race. The Rams have a really good chance to repeat, which, you know, it's something that hasn't been done in a long time. But, but Stafford's got his, his uh, elbow situation yeah, so that just could, all of a sudden materialized. Yeah, so we can end up – I mean, if if the Packers fall off because of losing Devontae Adams, if Stafford ends up – you know, maybe he ends up just having a bad year or maybe 
just ends up in the middle of the season having to just, you know, have season-ending surgery, and then if Tom Brady shows any sort of signs of age, then suddenly, who's next? Right. I, I Yeah. It, it's it's a lot up in the air. A lot up in the air in the NFC, because I think there's some teams that could be okay, but not great. I don't see a lot of really good teams in the NFC, like I see in the AFC with four, five, six teams who could make a strong argument to be there in the hunt. I mean, after those three in the NFC, you have Cardinals. The 49ers, like you mentioned, if Trey Lance ends up being good, you know, they've obviously got a really good core around them. I mean, the the Vikings? Like, you're you're starting to get really deep in that barrel. You say each team, but you have to put a question mark behind it. Yeah. The Eagles? (laughs) Yeah, the Eagles. Do they have a quarterback who's – Good at throwing? <laughs> oh, the, the, oh, the Cowboys. Every, oh, yeah. Everything always goes back to the Cowboys. Somebody's going to say the Cowboys are like the third or fourth best team in the NFC, which I don't know. The only reason that I can pay attention to the Cowboys is because they're part of one of my favorite stats in the world, and that is the fact that the NFC East hasn't had a repeat champion since like 2003, 2004, those two seasons. Yeah, that's right. And they have three Super Bowl champions in that span too. Even when they win the Super Bowl, they can't repeat his division title. <laughs> it's like the most amazing thing. Like, it's not just one team winning the division, you know, Atlanta Braves like 10 out of 11, the Patriots like 18 out of 20, and so on, and other dominance. The same team can't win it twice in a row. It's wild. So I need to figure out, I think, that did the Eagles win it last year? Or is it the Cowboys? They won their division last yeah. year? I want to say it was the Eagles. Uh, so I need to know who I know isn't going to win the division. I'm pulling it up right now. <laughs> yeah, it was the Cowboys. Oh, it was the Cowboys? Okay, so they can't win the division. Yeah, they're year. out. Can't. Okay, yeah. Four, they're seven, not going to win. 4781's one's helping us out. Cowboys won the division. Yeah. So I got to root for the Eagles, I guess, because I want that stead to keep going. I want it to go, like, forever. <laughs> In perpetuity. Yeah. Uninterrupted. Yeah, the Cowboys were 12-5 and five last year. Uh, yeah, that was pretty good. Philadelphia was 9-8. and eight. So they not only won it, they won it with a healthy margin. Didn't matter. That's the thing about the Cowboys. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, two one nine seven on our full court press text line. Last Saturday before school, lots of shopping to do. Talking uh, in reference to why maybe there weren't more people at the scrimmage on Saturday. Two p.m. kickoffs suck. See August twenty seventh. Yeah, they're they're kind of iffy. I loved the ten a.m. start last year with Boise State. That was amazing. I see. Maybe I'm a tra- too much of a traditionalist. One o'clock Saturday afternoon. We'll say two o'clock. That's when you play football. Yeah, and it's better than like eight p.m. Yeah, I will take two p.m. over an eight thirty start every day of the week. Yeah, so it's it's nice to get that, and I mean when you have a week zero game, then sometimes you're a little more likely to get a good time slot, and I. Isn't this on, like, FS1 or something like that? Is it on a national? Let's see if I can, who can find this? Yeah, <laughs> who can I find know. the schedule first? Oh, I left my other paper in the other room. <laughs> All right, let's pull up the schedule. Yeah, FS1, <clears throat> according to Utah State's website. Oh, and they have a digital game program ready. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I'll go ahead and not look at that. Uh, all right, so a couple other texts coming through, 9315. Uh, you need to start a segment called What Would Ajay Do? 
He'd lose pick six. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm taking over that segment right now anyway. <laughs> uh, let's see, 2197 with a follow-up. If if uh, if you want any fans, don't play in August at 2 p.m. I, I get it. It's it's August, Utah, middle of the day. It's going to be warm. But how, would you I get, go down to Alabama yeah. Saturday, get, middle of the day with not only is it warm, you got like super high humidity. That's that's football on a Saturday afternoon in America. There's also don't play football at all in October in Logan. Well, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> not play late November. Like, you know how cold it gets up here? No. Yes. 2197. I get it. We're not Alabama. But you sure does that, that mean that Utah State can never have a midday game? I just I don't I think that's great. That's a midday game. Yeah. It, you know what? It, for those of you that are out burning ditches or running your kids to back to school shopping, it's not for you anyway. You burning know what? ditches? That was an argument years ago. We, people can't come to the games because we're burning ditches and doing hard work. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that that game's the- not for you then. Game's not for you. Uh, two three zero five, texting in. Nothing like the Aggies playing the number one rated team in the nation in Alabama. Yeah, both polls putting Alabama at number one. Overwhelmingly, too. Like there are only a handful of votes for other teams just scrolling through. Just what well, I think three or four. What was the official? I was scrolling through like who voted who, and I only saw a few. But I guess I can look at the official. Uh, a six for Ohio State, three for Georgia. In the AP. Yeah, in the AP. Didn't Texas get like a? Um, didn't they get like a first? Texas vote got in the one vote in the coaches. The number one. <laughs> and they were ranked. Ended up being ranked 18th in the coaches. Um, in the AP poll, Texas didn't even crack the top 25. Yeah, they're 27th. If you're going by the others receiving votes, right. They're behind Tennessee. Wildly different opinions about Texas, apparently. Yeah. But, um, you know, we we mentioned Ajay. Shout out to him. He posted this earlier on the Twitter. Uh, Utah State has faced a number one team before, but not very often. Now, the Aggies have faced Alabama before, but they've never faced them as a number one team. Um, i got to go back and find it, but... Was it Oklahoma they played? Who's number one? Uh, I think it was uh, Nebraska. Nebraska. Oh, that had been back like the 80s, 90s then. Yeah, it's been a little while. Um, but they've only done it. They've only faced a number one team, I think it was three times. Um, so 1984 was the first time. I guess this will be the second time. Uh, in 1984, Aggies... Lost to BYU, thirty-eight to thirteen, and in nineteen seventy-one they lost to number one Nebraska. So this will actually be the the third time that Utah State will face a number one team. So they faced uh, the the BYU Cougars in nineteen eighty-four, and in nineteen seventy-one Nebraska was when the other time they faced the number one overall team. But first time since nineteen eighty-four, uh, Aggies have faced Alabama. So be the third time in what? About fifteen years. Yeah, it's been. It was like the early two thousand. I think the last time they played Alabama. 
Yeah, that was uh, that was the Ryan Bohm team that went out there. But is that what you asked? Because I was looking at the text. I was wondering if you asked the last time we played Alabama. Uh, I'm just trying to think of the other times when we have played Alabama. Yeah, it was like early 2000s, I think. Uh, they were ranked number five when Utah State went out there with Brent Guy. Um, I'm sure that They well. were not ranked when Utah State went there in 2004. So they went there in back-to-back years, 2004 and 2005. A nice away and away series. Yes, those are always good for the uh, the, the the bank account for the athletic department. Yeah, I think I think Alabama's paying a pretty penny for this year. I saw one number thrown out, but I don't know if it's accurate, so I'm not going to say it. Uh, I th- I think it's pushing two million, but that, I'm not sure. That's the number I saw, but again, it was one guy on Twitter. That I have no reason to distrust him, but it's one source and it's Twitter. And <laughs> thank you for a grain of salt. Yeah, uh, five four five two sucks. The first game of the season is a two o'clock start, and then we're blessed with late starts in November when it can be super warm. Are we just in the minority that we're okay with afternoon starts and it's just horrible for everyone else? I don't. I don't get that. I guess we're just we're just out of touch then. I guess. I mean, would it be better to have an afternoon, an early afternoon start in November? Yes. You have yeah. the sun on you, and at least it's it's a little more bearable. But an early afternoon start, that's I still think that's great for football and fan attendance. Yeah. Tailgating weather. Yeah. It's easier to get there and get home after the game, if you're especially if you're from outside the area. If it's an 8.30 kick, our Wasatch Front friends have a hard time getting home after that. Yeah, they'll be getting home like 2, 3 in the morning. 2 a.m.? So, oh, I guess you and I are in the minority, I guess. Apparently, we're, Apparently. we're, we're getting outvoted here. Uh, 4781, what's your game prediction for the Bama versus USU game, and why is it Bama winning 62 to 9? <laughs> I think I had like 56 to 7. I said that offhand. I said I didn't think Utah State was going to score more than 10 points, unless they get some garbage time points. Kind of an asterisk on there. Um, I, I would give Utah State some double-digit points, but when they come is when it matters. I'm yeah. with you. I think it's probably fourth quarter. You'd, you'd get a touchdown, maybe a field goal to put you at 10, because I think the first-team offense can maybe manage a touchdown or a couple field goals, either six or seven, um, and then a garbage touchdown may put them in double digits. That's, that's where I see maybe them. And... Utah State might actually be able to hold Alabama to maybe below 50. That's if the defense is as good as we're hoping it is. They can probably hold them below 50, uh, maybe even to the low 40s at the high end. See, I'm, I'm, again, this is a little early, but I'm thinking, I'd be thinking more in the range of 45 to 13. Yeah, and so that's, that's very possible. I can see that. You know, you get a couple of field goals from the first team offense, second team offense scores a touchdown late. Then the defense holds them to, you know, 45. That's that's entirely reasonable. I, I'd be a little more optimistic with the offense, but uh, based on what we've seen in the last couple of scrimmages, not saying the Utah State offensively is going to be anemic and not be able to do anything. I just I still have some concerns about Utah State's offense at this point in fall camp. Well, even last year's offense would have struggled to put up double-digit points against 
Alabama. Yes. So it's it's not so much my any pessimism on this year's offense. It's just it's Alabama guys. <laughs> like they have they have like like seven future NFL players. Four of them are first round picks on their defense. We have like maybe one or two who will make an NFL training camp roster if uh, they're lucky. Force. Uh, we, yeah, there might get one or two that get a, a roster. I guess spot. one or two. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, four seven eight one with a follow up and the off chance that USU wins, what would they be ranked afterwards? Well, they're they're receiving votes now. Uh, they would be a top twenty five team. They jump. If you go on the road and beat Alabama, you would be a top twenty five team. Yeah. So right now they're like tied for forty third or something like that. My first count was tied forty four. I think I, I think it's forty third though, based on the number of receiving votes. Somewhere in that neighborhood. Um. Highest I'd see them jump is eight or nine, probably somewhere between ten and fifteen. That's where I'd see them jumping, if they beat a number one ranked Alabama team. If uh, I, well, I think it de- may depend on how week zero goes. Like if they totally just dominate UConn, yeah, then they go on the road and beat Alabama. Then everybody will be talking about what this team did a year ago. They were top twenty five team a year ago. They come in and they beat Alabama on the road. That's why I feel like they would be they would it would creep into the top twenty five at that point. Yeah, I think with the UConn, if you absolutely destroy UConn, which if this team's capable of beating Alabama, they would. Right. Yes. Um that first bit you'd see them probably climb from the forty third, forty fourth area to low thirties. Uh depending on who wins or loses. Because that's the way it is with the top twenty five is you only climb when somebody else loses. But you know, in week zero a lot of teams lose or I guess I don't know how many of these teams play in Week Zero. That may be another question. Mm. True, there, there aren't a lot of games. That's why it, it's called. Week yeah. Zero. Do they even release a poll after Week Zero, or do they only do it after Week One? Uh, that's a good question. I think they still do it after games are played. Huh. I don't know. We'll have to look into that. Uh, two three zero five. Who's the next highest ranked team? The Aggies are scheduled to play in the poll at this time this year. BYU, I think. That would be BYU. Yes. They're 25th in, in the, the AP. In the AP, they're 25th. No other team on USU's schedule on the coaches is ranked. Number of teams receiving votes that will be on Utah State's schedule. And just quickly on that, just other Mountain West schools receiving votes. Fresno State getting some love uh, in the AP. Interesting how these are different. Oh, so in the AP, Fresno State got 32 votes. But in the coaches, uh, so that would be that would put them as the highest ranked um, Mountain West school. Yeah, about thirty-one. But in the coaches' poll, they would be behind San Diego State by just a few votes. But next in line in the rankings. Yeah. San Diego State in the AP though only received two votes. Yeah, they got the same as Utah State. Which is really interesting, just the difference between those two schools. Yeah, it's interesting because Utah State was ahead of Air Force and Boise State in the coaches' poll. Um, and they're tied with San Diego State for last. Uh, Boise State had five votes, Air Force four, Utah State, San Diego State two apiece. Uh, in the uh, in the co- in the AP poll that was released today, so. Uh, more details about that available right now on cashvalleydaily.com about the poll that was released and the votes Utah State is getting. 
Um, excuse me, are getting. Uh, one thing I thought was interesting before we know we got to get to a break. The Idaho statesman writer who votes in the AP poll, he had Utah State at 25. That was one of the two votes they got. The other was from a guy like CBS Sports Network. The Idaho statesman writer put Utah State in the top 25, didn't put Boise State in the top 25. I thought that was interesting. Ooh. In both times where Utah State got a vote in the top 25, no other Mountain West schools got in. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. The reigning conference champions. And one of them's... In Boise State territory. In Firmly in <laughs> Boise, Boise State hometown. Territory. All right, quick time out here in the Full Court Press. We're going to come back number five on our list of top 25 Aggies for 2022. Uh, I'd love to get your reactions. We haven't really got into our reactions for the scrimmage. We just talked about who wasn't there uh, <laughs> or who was there, for that matter, for uh, a fan attendance. But we'll hear from the coach. We'll hear from the players. We'd love to hear from you as well. 435 339 0321. There's nothing like hearing the songs you love on local radio with no subscriptions and no monthly fees. But there's a new bill in Congress that could stop the music. If passed, this bill would tax your local radio station simply to play the music you love. Text LOCAL to 52886 and ask Congress to support local radio stations. Help us keep you connected to the music, local news, weather, and traffic that you need each day. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Loveland Living Planet Aquarium takes us outside our everyday lives into a world of discovery. It's a chance to explore our innate curiosity, discover animals from around the world, and experience the all-new outdoor plaza and eco. More to explore at Loveland Living Planet Aquarium. Reserve your visit at thelivingplanet.com. Summer is cruising by way too fast. It's already back to school time. Soon you're going to start experiencing many special places and events that you won't forget, such as your first slide down Old Main Hill, attending Aggie football and basketball games, or a wild party at the Howe, and your first kiss on the Aggie Bowl that might just lead to that extra special moment at Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Cash Valley's Engagement Ring Store, where it's all about the romance. Just look for the bright green cars at 930 North Main Street. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cash Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cash Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to CashValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including Select Med, are accepted. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. A babbling instant oil change at 695 North Main in Logan is now open on Sundays. So if you're running around doing stuff on Saturdays, going to a, going to an Aggie game in the middle of the afternoon, but you need uh, time to do stuff on other days of the week, you can get your car oil change taken care of on Sundays now at Valvoline Instant Oil Change. A couple quick texts before we get into our top 25 Aggies for 2022. Number five on our list coming up. Uh, 5452 
uh, getting back to the start time. It's all I'm saying would be great if we could swap. No problem at all for early games. Love them. Yeah, I, I hear you there. I'd much rather have a 2 o'clock kickoff in November than a 2 o'clock kickoff in late August. Absolutely agree with that. It would be ideal. Uh, but when you're on national television, you take what you can get at this point for a yeah. program like USU. Uh, 4781. And the off chance that USU wins uh, would be ranked afterwards. Yes, we talked about that. I must not have read that already before. I thought you did because that, I, I thought that's what brought it up. Yeah, uh, must have maybe I clicked on the wrong text that came through. Uh, 6543. Hopefully we have no serious injuries to keep personnel against Bama. Yeah, I know a lot of people are saying that like oh, the win against Alabama would be coming out with nobody seriously hurt. Yes. So I guess it's a win for every game. I don't know why Alabama – is it because we're worried our guys are, like, made of paper and they'll break against Alabama players? That's, there's always that, that – uh, what's the right word? Uh, moniker, phrase, assumption, that if you go play a, a big-time Power 5 school, all these guys are going to come back hurt. It's not like they don't really play the game that much differently. I mean, Utah State has dudes. They're not playing, they the, they're not playing the Monstars. Yeah, that's right. The biggest difference is the depth. Like They can throw, throw a third-string guy out there and still be better than most of your first-string guys. Though yeah. with transfer, I think that's changing a little bit. It is a little bit as far as having talent. Um, but that's that's discussion for another time. Yes. Uh, all right, so now we're going to get to our uh, top 25 Aggies uh, for this uh, 2022 football season. And we've been counting down. We're into the top five, and today we're into the top ten to help us identify and announce who number five is on our list, Hall of Famer Al Lewis. Number five on our Cash Valley Media Group's list of the top 25 Aggie football players for this season, A.J. Von Pachong, the linebacker. He came to Utah State from Pasco, Washington. He was so excited to beat Washington State in that opener a year ago. And now as a productive player for the Aggies, ever since his freshman season when he saw the field and had 17 tackles, he's on our way to be a real big defensive contributor for this year. At the inside linebacker spot, he will be there to be a part of this team. He had 17 tackles in a game during the COVID year at Nevada, so he can make a lot of plays. Last year, seven tackles for a loss, two sacks, and 55 total tackles for A.J. Von Pachong. Always seems to be a guy with a nose for the football on defense. And he's number five on our list of Aggie football players for this year. So that's A.J. Vong Pachan, the linebacker at Utah State. What I really like about A.J. is his length and that he's been doing this at Utah State now for several years. Uh, in the shortened season of 2020, uh, this is a guy who had 50 tackles and only like six games played. Like He got after it in every game. He built on that last year. Certainly he's playing behind and well, alongside Justin Rice, who was doing a lot of damage himself. But what stands out about A.J. for me, last year he had 18 tackles, but 37 assists. So 
he if he wasn't there alone making a tackle, he was always w- with somebody else bringing somebody down, making big plays for Utah State with that linebacker core. Yeah, I think this will be a chance for him to maybe rack up a few more tackles just in terms of raw stats. Because you do mention playing with Justin Rice, who had like 124 tackles last year, which is a really huge number uh, for college uh, when you're only playing 13, 14 games. Um because, yeah, in the COVID year, we had 50 in six games. He was a real breath of fresh air where nobody on that team could tackle. All of a sudden, Vong Pichon comes in and is just actually able to tackle people in live football. And so I think this year where he's going to be one of the leaders, uh, probably the leader in the linebacker core, unless MJ Tafisi is, uh, you know, way better than we think he is. And I, we already have a decent opinion of him. Um, you know, I think Vong Pichon's going to be potentially the leading tackler, him or maybe Hunter Reynolds, man, it being the leading tacklers uh, on this team. Well, the other thing I like about A.J. is that because of his size and his speed, he can sometimes be put up as an extra edge rusher. Now, I don't know that they would need him to do that so much this year because they have already a lot of talent up front, other guys who can do that, but his speed and his length, can help cover a lot of ground, and uh, he can challenge uh, tight ends, big tight ends easily. He can drop back in coverage, but he can also pressure the quarterback. I just really like his versatility. Some linebackers are there to fill the middle and and you know stop the, the run gaps and fill up holes. But A.J. is a guy that's lanky and can really move side to side a lot quicker too. Yeah, I mentioned his, his ability as a pass rusher. I mean, he came in as a defensive end and moved to linebacker. It means he can blitz, and he's got those those abilities. You know, seven tackles for loss, only a couple sacks. Um, but again, getting guys behind the line of scrimmage is something he's been able to do pretty well. So AJ Vongpachan is number five on our list for top twenty-five Aggies for this upcoming season. Do you like his placement? Too high? Not high enough? Love to get your feedback on our full court press text line four three five three three nine zero three two one. But this is, I just really like his growth as a player that we have seen. Started as an impact player as a freshman. She, they couldn't keep him off the field as a freshman. And he has grown every year since. And he has a real opportunity, especially with Switzer out, to play a large role, a significant role for Utah State in the linebacker core who needs playmakers because they're a little thin at the position. So he needs to play a big role. Yeah, you mentioned too high or too low. I had Vong Pachon exactly number five. Ooh. So this is right where I think he should be. I had AJ at uh, at number at number seven. So just a little bit off. But both but, of us had him in the top yeah, ten. Clearly we both think he's gonna be one of the best players on this defense. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. If you want to weigh in on AJ Vong Pachon, number five on our list of the Utah State Aggie football players going into this 2022 football season. Coming up next on the Full Court Press, we'll hear from some of the coaches, uh, well, one coach, but some of the players after the scrimmage on Saturday and continue to get your reactions. If you were there, I'd love to get your thoughts. What did you see? Questions you might have about this Utah State football team or excitement that you may have for this team. What did you see? We'd love to get your reactions to the scrimmage on Saturday, 435 339 Zero three two one.
Monday, August 22nd, come help ignite the light with Alex Boyer as he performs a free concert at the Cache County Fairgrounds, bringing positive support to suicide prevention. Suicide affects all walks of life, backgrounds, and age demographics. Join Alex Boyer Monday, August 22nd for a free concert bringing attention to suicide prevention and a new national suicide and crisis lifeline. 988. If you think you may need help or just want to talk with someone, call 988. Donations of any size are accepted and welcome to help help make this event possible. Go to CashValleyIgniteTheLight.com for concert details and donation information. The outpouring of support for this event last year was unbelievable. Business and individual donations are vital for the 2022 event. Join Alex Boyer at the Cache County Fairgrounds Monday, August 22nd for a free concert bringing attention and positive support to suicide prevention. Donations of any size are accepted and welcome. Go to CashValleyIgniteTheLight.com for concert details and donation information. That's CashValleyIgniteTheLight.com. And thank you for making this event possible. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Is there a doctor here? Listen. The long NFL contracts are dumb. But still, the point is the same. Like, you're under contract for five years. You wanted the security. Well, part of the security with a five-year contract, part of the security with a four-year contract, part of the security is those are the years you're under contract. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey, it's Garrett Grantham with Grantham Mobile Automotive. Just like a plumber, just like an electrician, I come to your home. I am a master ASE technician, licensed, insured, and ready to come to you for your car repair needs. Right now, it is hot outside. From air conditioners to transmissions, I can take care of you. Give me a call, and I will come to you to get your car's AC running cold in no time. 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345. Cash Valley Bank's newest branch is now open in Preston. I'm Lance Zollinger, and I'm excited to announce Cash Valley Bank is now open inside Stokes Marketplace. If you're an existing customer, you'll love the convenience. If you're not a customer, we'd love to have you open a new account with us, or even talk with us about a loan for your farm or business. Cash Valley Bank, a community bank where decisions are still made locally, now open in Preston. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Join the show by calling 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. AJ Von Pachon coming in at number five on our list. Uh, just to recap, going from 10 to number five, just the top 10 review. Justin McGriff coming in at number 10. Hunter Reynolds at number nine. Johnny Carter at number eight. Hale Motuapuaka at number seven. And Byron Vaughns at number six. Hale had himself a good scrimmage. He did. Wore a different jersey number, so it threw us off for a while there. Like, who's, yeah. who's number eight? Who's making all those plays down there? I think he was wearing that on uh, the first scrimmage, too. I think I heard, because I heard somebody mention the first scrimmage. I didn't really take much note of it, because I didn't watch the defense nearly as much in the first scrimmage as I did this last scrimmage. Although, towards the end, I was just watching the offensive and defensive line matchups. <laughs> just pulled out my binoculars. All right, let's watch this one. 
which is unfortunate because the entire right side of the offensive line was out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little deceptive. little deceptive. So I, I, I couldn't watch, you know, Wyatt Bowles. I had to watch Chandler Dolphin and, you know, the other guys. Yeah, and that was something that we were trying to be cognizant of um, when we were watching the scrimmage, and we were reminded of a few times. Yeah, they were they were very keen to remind us. Oh yeah, by the way, we're like three out of the top seven offensive linemen were out, I think, or two of the top six at least. Mm-hmm. South and Cole Motes. Yeah, so it would have been like three of the top seven because Jacob South starting right tackle, your backup key backup Cole Motes who filled in for Jacob South last year for half the season. Uh, Fale Pule, Alo, almost got that right. Uh, it's Fale Pule, I think. Anyway, moving on, he's the backup center. He was out. Although I could have sworn I saw him lining up at the backup guard position, but I was told he wasn't playing, and it wouldn't have made sense for him to be lining up there anyway, so I probably just missed Saw. So, um, love to get your reactions to what you saw there at the scrimmage. Uh, uh, Defense still making some great plays. Offense, yeah, missing some guys on the offensive line, so that it affects protections, that affects the run game. I thought that the run game was a little better on Saturday than it was in scrimmage one. It, it was, I don't know if I really want to say much better. Like, I kind of put in my notes, like, capital much better. But, like, again, like, I tried to adjust. Like I put this in my article. I tried to adjust out sacks which basically meant I had to throw out QB rushing yards, which is a really iffy thing to do because, you know, the running backs did run in this game. They had a couple big runs. But just to try and get something where I'm factoring out the 21 sacks the Utah State's given up in the, in the first two, in these two scrimmages. Um, so I, I factor all of the quarterback rushing, and you end up with a pretty good day for the running backs overall. I think they averaged like 4.8 yards per rush this past scrimmage, which is a, which is a pretty good number. You know, 4.8 is – and I think last week when I did that same kind of calculation, they ended up with 4.1 yards per rush, like Sanzo, the quarterback running, which is the difference – again, I tweeted this out. I think it was something like the difference between being in the top 50-ish to being in like the bottom 40 as far as the running team. So there's an improvement – at least when you're just looking at the running backs, um, which will mostly be our run game because Logan Bonner ain't running. Right, right. I thought Tyler ran the ball well. Makakona ran the ball. Yeah, both of them have done strong. Yeah, both of them did really well yesterday. Makakona, both scrimmages. Yeah, it's true. Great. It's true. Uh, out of the phone lines, and Ellis wants to weigh in on the uh, on the scrimmage. What's on your mind, Ellis? Hey, Eric. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the football discussion. Gets me excited. Um, yeah. Just wanted to say that, uh, you know, when you think about the passing game we had last year um, and all the hype around these new receivers, and then especially with Logan Bonner coming back, you have to you have to ask yourself, if we're as good as we were last year in the passing game or better, um, who's the best receiver that were in that group? And you'd have to pick Justin McGriff. And that's kind of astounding when you start to think about how far he's come as a player. He he had he had trouble just catching the ball only a year or two ago, and now you're looking at relying on him to be your number one receiver, catch some big passes, and make some big plays, which he's fully capable of now. And that number ten ranking might be a little low for him. We'll have to wait and see how it goes. But uh, I'm I'm actually really excited about the passing game. I think 
um, worrying too much about the running backs is for, for those stat hawks because really what we have here with this Utah State offense is a, is a high-profile passing attack, and their running game is just kind of an afterthought. But that, those are my thoughts about that. I wanted to share that. Thanks, Ellis. Appreciate the phone call. You're welcome. Yeah, I, I like I like the point about McGriff and his his development and his progression. And I I I don't think we recognize that enough. In twenty, he really didn't do anything. We really didn't see him very much. We saw this tall wide receiver, like, oh, this guy could be a great possession receiver, but we just didn't see him very much. And then last year, we threw him catch over four hundred yards, a couple touchdowns, made some six, big plays, six touchdowns. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's a nice. Nice uh, progression. And he's getting some preseason recognition this year, and I understand it. But I still have some concerns about McGriff, not about his physical abilities, just about him being engaged every play. Because um, he's in the scrimmage a week ago Saturday, right at his chest, and he dropped it. Um, but he can make some. he still can make some great plays. I don't know that I'm... I'm willing to say he's the number one receiver on this team for this year. Uh, he is the the most experienced, most yards coming back this year. But I I put Cobbs ahead of him. I just think Cobbs is a little more consistent. I think Cobbs just runs the uh, uh, a route more consistent. And I think he's going to be a bigger, more consistent target. But I. It, having a guy like McGriff back is a huge w- asset and a huge weapon for Utah State, no question. Yeah, it gives you something, and I think Ellis could be potentially right. You know, I, I've kind of been outspoken on this show about not being very high on Justin McGriff, but if we are overrating Cobbs, which is a possibility, it's we've not seen much good. of him from these two scrimmages. We've seen basically two catches, and both are pretty decent. Um, but if he's not as good as we're kind of hyping him up to be, then McGriff is going to be up there if, you know, as the – Basically, right in tandem with with Cobbs, or potentially right above him. I almost said McCobbs, <laughs> which is just an abomination. Where'd that come from? <laughs> comes from speaking too fast. Um, but as far as the the, the run game, though, uh, that was a problem last year, and it was clear that the coaching staff felt like we need to at least show that we want to try to run the game, run the ball, defenses have to at least think that we we can. Otherwise, you just fall back every time and in coverage and make life difficult. But I think that there's a more uh, a little more experienced offensive line. I think there is definitely more experience at the running back position. I think Utah State will have a more effective running attack this year, which in turn will help that very prolific passing game. Yeah, it will help the passing game because, I mean, in, in – in football, you talk about pass set up the run or run instead of the pass, whatever, but the run game does complement the passing game. And, you know, you know, Ellis mentions it being kind of an afterthought. You know, to us it was, but the coaching staff was indeed, as I said, adamant about running the ball. They refused to not run the ball. Even when it was like, okay, just pass the ball. You're, you're doing that so well, just why are you running it twice on first and second down and then throwing it on third and eight? Um, but they would do it almost to a fault. Right. Um, this year, I hope they'll be a little bit better at it. So if they run on first and second down, it'll be third and four instead of, you know, third and eight. Third and really long. Yeah. Um, 
And to be honest, if the run game is a lot better, the passing game it is very possible and almost likely, my opinion, that it will take a step back. won't be as good as it was last year. Um, so they're going to need that running game, even with a still somewhat prolific pass game. A couple texts that we uh, failed to get to, 8798. Utah State has dudes. Bama has dudes. Yeah, you got to say it right. Utah State has dudes. Bama has dudes. <laughs> Great point. Very good point, 8798. Very true. 4446, were all the video streams screwed up Friday for high school football or just Skyviews? There was one other. Um, we had a number of issues. Ridgeline. <laughs> Ridgeline went pretty well. I called the first half of the Logan football game on my phone. That's how bad it got. It was, uh, I don't need to bore you with all of the different things, but. Mine was an adventure, We but had that's a story for another time. Yeah, something unique and different for almost every broadcast. So you can just imagine my attitude Friday night. Because like, I did not leave this building Friday. I got here at like 9, 9.30, and I left the building at 10.30. Not an hour later, 13 hours later. <laughs> And, and we had other people running around between Skyview and uh, Green Canyon where I was at for the Logan game. Yeah. So we had some behind-the-scenes guys really working their tails off to try and fix the mess that happened. So, yes, we apologize. It was a just a weird combination of a series of things. We'll get the cobwebs out, we promise. Yes, we'll do better. We're working on it. We're working on it. All right, quick timeout. I know there's a few more texts. We'll get to those. Love to continue to get your reactions to the scrimmage on Saturday or your thoughts or questions about this Utah State football team as we're nearing the start of the Utah State 2022 football season. That's coming up next in about three and a half minutes from now. Napa Auto Parts still has their uh, you know, a lot of great deals on a variety of different things available. And uh, that's where you can stay stocked up on the parts that you need, um, on the different uh, oils that you need for different types of vehicles. Or even if it's for your lawnmower or your weed whacker, they've got a lot of different things available there to help out to the whatever parts that you need and services that you're going to need. They can point you in the right direction. Or even an automotive battery, a Legend automotive battery, where you can save twenty dollars, you get a twenty dollar rebate, uh, or the on a starter or an alternator. They got five locations between Preston and Providence. Go check them out. That's Napa Auto Parts. It's back to school time. If you're involved in booster clubs, team sports, PTA, or any school organization, then the Logo Shop is your source for uniforms, fan gear, club t-shirts, anything customized with your school logo. It's the season to call the Logo Shop for custom t-shirts and uniforms for youth football, soccer, and other sports teams. The Logo Shop, committed to schools, teams, and youth groups. The Logo Shop. Logo Stop. The Logo Shop. It's time for the Big Hunt. But what do you do after you bag your trophy game? This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. We have several freezers in stock for you to store your big game harvest, including a Frigidaire 20 cubic foot upright freezer in white for only $9.89. Hurry, stock is limited. See store for details. Daryl's Appliance service and sales west on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. See Daryl's Appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. Don't get caught without power to your home or business. This is Tyler with Golden Spike Electric. We offer Generac backup generators to keep your home or business warm, avoiding frozen pipes, loss of valuable food, or even a flooded basement. Golden Spike Electric is certified and factory trained, so you know it will be installed right and properly maintained. Contact Golden Spike Electric so you'll never be without power again. 
online at gsegenerators.com. We also service other brands, Golden Spike Electric and Generac, power you can count on. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Getting back to our Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321. 2305, did Justin Rice get a chance with an NFL team after last season? I No, I don't think he did. I've not, I was one of the shockers at the end of the year in spring that he did not get an invitation. Um, and I've, I've, we were just doing a search during the break. I, we couldn't find anything. Yeah, we tried to double-check because neither of us recalled anything of that sort, and there would be no reason for him to not be on the NFL team at this point if he had made one, so just don't know. He was a playmaker, though. Great addition for Utah State. Needed him. Uh, 4086. Um, didn't know our O-line was down. Yeah. The right side of the O-line, not as much. Left side was actually fully intact. From center on to left tackle, they were fine. This is the right side where they're starting a true freshman in their third-string tackle. Nothing serious. Yeah. Uh, nothing is season-ending or guys are going to miss time. They're using this this time of year to help develop depth at the position, too, primarily. Yeah, so I think the threshold for playing is a lot higher in terms of like how you're feeling and how much you're dinged up. I think they're both over the threshold of playing in actual games, but not over the threshold of playing in a, screen, a, a scrimmage. Screamage. <laughs> screamage. Some guy I'm a professional talker on sp- <laughs> Uh, 9310, how often do we keep a running back in pass protection? Can any of our backs block? Um, Bad as well as anybody else. And I, I don't think they run the running backs in routes very often, so I think they're I, – I have to go back and watch plays, to be honest. So that was one of the intriguing parts of the scrimmage is uh, Ron – Your turn to name. pronounce things <laughs> well, badly. I, I didn't even have it in front of me. Number 11, tight end. I call him the transfer from Missouri State. Yes, That's... that guy. Sorry, Ron. I don't have you in front of me. But uh, uh, they lined him up as like a fullback. He's a big body, 6'3", and they used him on a number of occasions running the ball and in, uh, in pass protection too. If you give me a minute, I'll be able to maybe tell you how many times. PFF keeps a lot of stats like these, and I like the fact they keep these stats. You can say how many times a running back – was in pass protection. Uh, Ron Tiavasu. I don't know if I said that right, but uh, he ran the ball three times. Only had three yards, but they used him a number of times uh, on the field just to show that they've got a either um, in kind of trying to create holes, trying to add an extra push, just add a physical presence in the run game if they need it. But that was interesting on Saturday. Nine three one five. What things will the football team need to work on to have a really really good showing? In the UConn game. Um, consistency in the run game. Um, good pass protection. Don't want to get the quarterback dinged up at all. Keep his jersey clean. And um, takeaways. And I think that defense can do that. Yeah. I think they're going to run the ball a lot in the UConn game. They're going to focus on running it. And then just playing clean, good, solid defense. Yeah. 
Uh, we'll get into more of that, continue to get more of your reactions to the scrimmage. Next hour, we'll hear from Coach Anderson. We'll hear from some of the players as well. On the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The NFL has evolved. Throughout the 90s and early 2000s, NFL teams were built around defense and the running game. Just look at the success of the Cowboys and the Patriots. But that's not the way championship teams are being built nowadays. Instead of building inside out, the league has shifted towards building from the outside in. This offseason has been a perfect example of that. 11 receivers have signed deals worth $20 million or more this offseason. That doesn't even include the Steelers receiver, Deontay Johnson, who recently signed an extension that pays him just north of $18 million a year. At first glance, the rush for elite receivers may seem like risky business, but it's hard to argue when you look at the rule changes in the NFL. Defensive backs are at an extreme disadvantage now. Until that changes, the price for receivers will only continue to rise. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Noise.